Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Hope you are doing well today. Thank you for all the mothers that are here. Deuteronomy chapter 32 is where we're going to be today. Um, we'll get there in just a minute. In 1984, I didn't feel good. I, I, I was not feeling good at all and didn't quite know what was going on. So around 12 years old and uh, because of a persistent mother who took me to the doctor and the doctor said, ah, there's nothing we can figure out. There's nothing wrong with him. Sorry that he doesn't feel good. And then uh, maybe five days later, we're at a doctor's appointment for my brother. My brother is doing a physical so he can play soccer for the new middle school team that he was a part of. We had just moved to Connecticut. I was in the seventh grade. And my, my mom just goes, listen, I just went to the doctor and my son is not feeling good. And he hasn't been feeling good for a long time. And I just sensed that something's wrong. And he's, they said, he's doing this, he's doing this, and he's doing this. And the doctor said, bring him back. So I'm in the, I'm in the waiting room. I go back into the doctor's room. They make me um, do a blood test and uh, give a urine sample. And I go back, sitting there playing with my sister. And about 45 minutes later, we're at home. My mom comes up and my dad comes up and says, we need to pack your bag. We need to go to the hospital. You have been diagnosed with diabetes. You are diabetic. I will tell you, things changed that day. Here's what took place. Went to Hartford Hospital in Hartford, Connecticut. Got to Hartford Hospital, was in a room with four people. There were four beds in the room separated by curtains. But that night, five people stayed in the room. The next night, five people stayed in the room. With cockroaches crawling up the wall, on the other side of my bed, on a cot, was Rita Lucille Bundy. That's my mom. She didn't leave. I was there for seven days, learning a new way of life. She played pool with me in the area where the kids could go and play pool that are learning how to do things. We played Uno together. And I will tell you to this day, she cheated. I would sit there and go get a blood test drawn. Every 15 minutes they're doing lab work. And I'd come back and I was like, how in the world do you have a wild card? Like on every play. And it's a draw four. To this day, we, we, <laughs> we laugh about that um, pretty, pretty hard. It's very, very important that the character of a mother is found in the image of the Almighty. We understand through Scripture is very clear that Jesus is a man and that God is our Heavenly Father. But the Scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. And so these maternal characteristics that you ladies have are from our God, the creator of the universe. They are from him. They are a gift to you. You are a gift to us. And we praise God for the ministry that you have in our lives. Also recognize, I also recognize that today can be really tough. 
And I think it would be remiss for me not to acknowledge that today can be really tough. Because it can be really tough for those of you that have lost a mother. Many of you know what that feels like. I, I, can, I, I can understand that. My mom is still here. My mother-in-law is not. I can also say that there's probably some of you in here that you have a desire to be a mom, but for some reason or another, God hasn't allowed that to take place. And walking with my wife through seven years of no children and four years of infertility, we hear you and we see you. More importantly, God sees you and God hears you. And maybe you have had a bad experience with your mom and you're estranged from her. So today is a lot of, I wish it was different. And what I'm grateful for is I'm grateful for the scriptures that over and over and over again, it declares that the God of all creation says, I hear you. I see you. I'm grateful for his Holy Spirit that gives you comfort in the midst of maybe a difficult day because I can't comfort you in any way possible like the God of creation through the power of the Holy Spirit can. And so ultimately, my prayer today is that we would celebrate Jesus together and we would celebrate God. That's what we want to do every day that we gather in here. That's what we want to do every day of our lives is we want to honor and we want to celebrate the God of creation and what he is doing and, and what he continues to do. And so his character, God's character, is clearly seen in the transformed nature of women, mothers, that he created in his image. And it's that reason that we sit there and we look at the Bible and the Bible says that God describes himself many ways in scripture. God uses a lot of illustrations to talk about who he is. If you remember in, um, uh, on Easter Sunday, if those of you that were here, we talked about how God called himself the good shepherd. The reason that he did that is he wanted to demonstrate his character. They knew what a shepherd would do. He calls himself the good shepherd so that we can understand his character. And a lot of times in scripture, God uses these things called metaphors and similes to help us really to understand who he is and, and, and what he came to do. Um, in our text today, God is compared to an eagle, a mother eagle. God is compared to an eagle. What we're going to do is we're going to take a look at that text. And we're going to see how God does this and how mothers really can do this as well. So, so let me just give you a little background for Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32 is what's called the Song of Moses. Really, there are several songs of Moses throughout Scripture. The first one is in Exodus chapter 15, and it was right at the Red Sea, and it was a declaration that God would provide. And then there's another song of Moses, and this is the second one that we come to. And this song of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32 is really a, a, a warning to the Israelites for walking away from God because of who God is. So it elevates who God is. 
It talks about his faithfulness. It talks about how good he is. We're going to take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, really the first couple of verses, to give you a picture of what Moses was wanting them to remember who God was. In, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, I'm going to read you just a couple of the fir first verses. You'll see a couple of um, similes. This, this is not on the screen. Let me go ahead and read you chapter 32. Verse 1, Moses spoke the words of his song until they were finished. In the ears of all the assembly of Israel, give ear, O heavens, and I will speak and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. My teaching, may my teaching drop as the rain. There's an illustration. My speech distill as the dew. Like gentle rain upon the tender grass and like showers upon the herb, Verse 3, for I will proclaim the name of the Lord and ascribe greatness to our God. Verse 4, the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. And so here is Moses, who has spent a lot of time outside, and he's using these illustrations like dew and rain and rock. And then he comes to verses 10 and 11, and he uses this illustration of an eagle. Uses this illustration of an eagle. Because Moses has been outside, and he can see all the handiwork of God. Because Psalm 90 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And he can see all of these things in here. And he compares himself to that of an eagle. So let's take a look at what our text is, is going to say right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read to you Deuteronomy 32, verses 10 through 11. And so really right now, we'll, it'll be obvious, Let, let's jump into verses 10 and 11. What does it say? It says, he found him in a desert land, in the howling waste of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Verse 11, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them and bearing them on its pinions. Yes, I had to Google what a pinion was. It's the very end of the wing of an eagle that's important for later. So here's what I feel like our text is demonstrating to us today. Like God, a mother's love is a gift like no other. So here it is. This is what God does. What does God do? God goes out. He's in the desert. He can see. He encircles. He finds. He encircles. And he cares for his people. But when he compares that to that mother eagle, what happens is you can see the illustration it's that just like that picture, moms do an unbelievable job, better than anyone, to encircle, to care, and to remember. I mean, there's, there's circling, there's the encircling. This doesn't mean being helicopter, okay? This is encircling, taking care of, watching. I'm not so sure that there is a first name that comes out of a child's mouth when they need something other than mom. Sometimes in our house, when the kids were growing up, they were like, mom, 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 mom. And I'm standing there going, 
Dana, will you just answer them? She's like, oh, are they saying anything? <laughs> it's just an unbelievable gift that you have to be able to circle, care, and love them. I, I love this part in the verse where it says, he found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of wilderness. It was dangerous. And it says he encircled him and he cared for him and he kept him had the apple of his eye. There is an unbelievable amount of love when you look at and you sit out with your, your spouse and those mothers, they just don't forget. And I don't know how you do it. You're like, can't we just talk and maybe just have a date here? Their moms are always on, they're understanding, they're encircling, they're surrounding, they're caring, and they just remember. They just remember. I, um, I don't know if I've ever seen or, or seen illustrated um, the love of a mother uh, than that April, um, September 15th, 1984, back in the hospital. She stayed there beside my bed, and then one day they came in, and they said, okay. They had two oranges in their hands. I was like, ooh. What is going on? <laughs> they had two oranges and they had two needles. Today, Matt, we are going to teach you how to give yourself a shot. And you're going to practice on an orange. So, you're going to draw this up. You're going to give yourself a shot. Give the orange a shot. And then next, you're going to give your leg a shot. That's what I was, that's how I had to learn. Thank the Lord, I don't think they do that anymore. But uh, at that time, that's what we had to learn how to do. So I did that. And at that moment, I will never forget this as long as I live. They looked over to my mom. They said, you need to know what he's going through. So this orange is for you. And the second shot is for you to give to yourself. I want to tell you this right now, zero hesitation. My mom grabbed that orange and she gave a shot to an orange. And then she just lifted up her shorts on this side and pinched her leg and gave a shot into her arm. And she says, you need to know what he's going through. And I can look at her in the face right now. And I could see unconditional love, like the love of a father. The gift that you are, ladies is the way that you love is like the Lord, and it's a gift to us. It's a gift to our homes. It's a gift to our kids. It's a gift to us as men. The way that you love like that. We know that it's the Heavenly Father who perfects this love. And we know that you can not perfect this love but we know that through the power of the holy spirit and through the gift of god that he allows you to love in such a way that encircles that cares and that remembers and like god a mother's love is a gift like no other second thing i want to share with you is like god mothers are strong 
and fiercely protective of their children. Moses is out in the desert, he's out in the wild areas, and he can see these nests, and he can see the adversary that's coming in to take the young and the young eaglets. Moses is very, very comfortable, very, very knowledgeable about what these eagles, what they're doing and how they're protecting, how they're fending off different um, prey. And so they're a powerful adversary. Uh, an eagle is defined as a fierce bird of prey and is identified as a wise and attentive parent on both sides. And so Moses takes a look at that eagle, sees how they protect their offspring. And that's exactly what I think the scripture is teaching us here as in a mother's protection of her young. Verse um, Hosea 13, 8 says this, like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open like a lion. I will devour them. A wild animal will tear them apart. A mother's gift is her ferocious protection of her young. I, um, I grew up in upstate New York and um, I love to ride my 10-speed bike. Before Lance Armstrong, there was Matt Rice. <laughs> Just saying. At least in my mind. Man, I had my 10-speed bike, and I was all over. This is upstate New York. There was Village View Bluff is where we lived. Go down, turn left on Walden Creek Boulevard. And man, I'm in the tuck, and I'm down there. And I realized, because I had a paper route, which houses had a dog that would chase you and which houses did not. Okay? And so the one on the corner, they had a dog. And they had a Sheltie. Those of you that don't know dogs, just think of Lassie, but little. Sheltie is a little dog with long hair. Looks like Lassie, but little. Okay? Didn't know this, but Shelties are sheepdogs. Didn't know that at all. Man, I'm on my 10-speed bike. And I'm coming around, and she was outside in her front yard, no leash, no fence. She's coming after me. I'm in the tuck. I'm flipping it to the high gear. I am driving as fast as I possibly can. I'm in the tuck on the 10 speed, you know, the curled handlebars. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No mountain bike handlebars like they have today. I'm in the curl, I'm in the tuck, and I am pedaling as fast as I can go. And the Sheltie is here, coming after me, like this. And it jumps. And it bit my elbow. And I bled. I came home. And yes, I was crying. And that is manly. I was very upset. What happened? I don't even remember the dog's name. But I remember the neighbor. And I said, I was riding my bike. And she came after me and bit my elbow. What's her name? Where is she? What's who? She pulled up the neighborhood directory, mom did, opened it up, dialed that number, sat on the phone with the big cord, was walking through the kitchen and said, I need you to know that your dog bit my son. Here's what happened. Here comes the sheep illustration. I'm sorry, a Sheltie, they are sheep. No, they herd sheep. They herd sheep. And sometimes they start chasing. And here's what Rita Lucille Bundy said. My son is not a sheep. 
she is, he is not a sheep. Here's what we take a look at. Your gift, ladies, is your love. Your gift to us is your fierce protection of our families. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no one that can do it like you can. You are a gift. You are a gift to remember. You are a gift to care. You are a gift to protect. And God, through his spirit, has allowed you to be able to do that. Um, number three. Like God, mothers are gifted at establishing a home for the family. Like God, mothers are gifted at establishing a home. What has God done for us? In John chapter 14, Thomas is asking Jesus, what in the world are you doing? Where are you going? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Jesus was not going to prepare heaven for them. Heaven was already created. What Jesus was going to do was he was preparing a way for them to get home. Don't miss that. What Jesus was doing was preparing a way for them to get home because Revelation chapter 21 talks about that beautiful place and you don't want to miss that place. It's a beautiful place that has been created for us by a good, good father. And that place is our home. That's where we're going to be forever. If we have a relationship with Jesus, then we're able to be in that place forever and it is God who has created that place and really a gift of what God has done is provided the family with the mother who provides a home, not a house, a home for the family. Now simply, it is not at the expense of just one person doing that, but the way that you ladies do that, it is truly a gift and an honor that you give to the family. The nurture, the care, the scripture teaches that the, this is what it says, it says he found him, and then it says, verse 11, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, like an eagle that stirs up its nest. I had no idea what in the world that meant, and here's what takes place. An eagle comes and takes this nest and makes this nest a home for her, for her eglets, for the baby eagles. And what does, it, what does it look like? All of these branches are formed and over the top of the branches are laid soft, soft feathers and grass and cushioning. And so that's where it is. It's made for comfort. It's made to be safe. That's what she does for the eagles. And then after a certain time, it says that she stirs it up. And so what takes place is... The feathers are then moved out, and the thorns from the bottom are, 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 are up, and it doesn't, it's not as comfortable. It's not as comfortable. And it means it's time to go. Amen? You're looking forward to that time. See, let me give you a picture of this. On, on January the 29th, 2003, after four years of infertility, Andrew came into the world. And I mean, we were absolutely stunned, excited, and so pumped up. 
We were surprised. We didn't want to know who it was, whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. We went in, and let me just say this right now. Dana's like, okay, we've got the nursery. We're going to go to Babies R Us. We're going to get the crib. And we got the crib, and we went to my mom. And we said, You're, you sew. Can you make what it's called, like a bed liner? Is that what it's called? Bumper. That's what it's called. It's called the bump. Didn't know what that was. But you have the crib. It's a beautiful crib. And I had my cousin come up from Richmond, and she painted this lion and the lamb because if, you're, if you love Jesus, then you put something scriptural in the nursery, right? And if you don't, you're JV, right? You don't love Jesus enough. And so here's the nursery. The nursery has this crib, and it's got this bumper that's handmade by my mother. And it's beautiful, and it's just, I mean, it's just unbelievable, and it's safe. And then it's like, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. And yep, let's go. Let's do this. Andrew comes, all right? 12 months later, Molly comes. We're like, okay, Andrew, you got to get out of that crib, buddy, because Molly's got to get in there. So then Andrew goes into a toddler bed. We take off one slat, and we put him in there, and then later he gets a big boy bed, and then later he's in a bigger bed. And then, I mean, it just it graduates, and it goes up, and then all of a sudden he goes off to college, and this week you will not believe what took place. I mean, you, he, he comes home, but before he came home, Dana was moving the mattress out of his bed with this dumpy old mattress that had thorns in it. And I was like, what are you doing? She said, it's time for him to fly. He can't be comfortable anymore like the eagle. Just kidding. That didn't happen. <laughs> that did not happen. It was a joke. Everybody looked at me like, oh my gosh, you're telling this and it's Mother's Day. No, no, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that what, what happens in this situation is you mothers are able to provide an atmosphere, a home for them to succeed, to fly on their own. And I am witnessing it from my very eyes. And it's beautiful because of the gift of a mom. They're surrounding, they're encircling, they're caring they're ferociously defending, and they are establishing a home. And then the beautiful aspect of this is the, the, mother, um, the mother provides this, this, this setting. Let me go on to number four. Like mothers, you are a great discipler. Like God, mothers, you are a great discipler. Like God mother the greatest discipler in the history of the world is king jesus don't no one can compare to that he is the standard and because of the holy spirit that comes from god into moms mothers i need you to know you are a great discipler and right now you might feel beat up you might not feel successful in this area i want to let you know keep going keep pressing on it's worth every bit of it like God, mothers, you are a great discipler. And here's what takes place. The thorns and the nest are taking place. And so what does the eagle do? The eagle takes the eaglet, puts it on its back, and she just jumps out of the nest and flies. And then she flicks the eagle off, and he learns how to fly, and then she flies below him. And what does she do? She catches him on, his wing, on, on her wing. She catches him on, it, on the pinions of her wing. And then she says, I got you. I got you. 
And by the spirit of the living God in me, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. Because that's what my father taught me to do. I'm not going to do it to you. And so here's what takes place. You are a great discipler because the God of heaven lives in you. And has given you everything you need to be the mom he's created you to be. This doesn't mean that we're going to be a perfect discipler. This means that we have a perfect discipler who disciples us to help us to disciple our kids. I love one of the things that we have used to help disciple our kids is this one saying in our, in our house. And it is, Jesus knows. It's just something that Dana has brought to our family where she'll just talk to the kids and she'll say, I, I, I may not know, but I need you to know, Jesus knows. And it's been fun. It's been fun to talk about that kind of thing and use that as a thing that God is ultimately in charge of your life. We want you to serve him. We want you to love him. And we want you to point, we want to point you to him. And mothers, you are doing that. You have done that. And you are honored here today. And you are loved. And we come alongside you. To thank you for the gift that you are to our church and to our families. So, so what, what are the lessons that we've learned? Band, you can come on and make your way to the back. What are our lessons that we have learned? Let me go through them. Like God, a mother's love is a gift like no other. There is no rival for God's love. It is unconditional. It is perfect. It is without sin. His love is beautiful, is complete. And because of God's spirit, he allows us to love others like we are loved. And a mom, the Holy Spirit of God, allows you to love our families, your families like God. Like God, mothers are strong and fierce for their children. The reason that the song of Moses was written, this song, there's four songs. There's one in Exodus 15. There's one here in Deuteronomy 32. Psalm 90 is another one. And Revelation chapter 16 is another Revelation, of course, is the ending. It's when all things were made right. But this one right here is a great warning for the apostasy, for Israel going off track. And how does he do that for them not to go off track? He talks about the ferocious love, the ferocious character of God. And he allows us to understand that through the power of the Holy Spirit, mothers, you can love that way as well. You can, you can lead us in that way as well. And like mothers, like God, mothers are gifted at establishing a home for the family. Like God, mothers are gifted at establishing a home for the family. And like God, mothers, you are, you are great disciplers. Maybe in here today you have a challenge and you'd like to take a look at that. Beulah's given us an example of something that she's doing to disciple her children. What I want you to hear today is that the God of creation has provided us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and we cannot operate in this life without the Holy Spirit of the living God empowering us to do what God wants us to do. So if we're going to be the people of God, if you are going to be, ladies, if you're going to be the mother that God wants you to be, it is incredibly important that we submit ourselves to the power of the living God so that you can love like him, you can care like him, you can disciple like him, and you can create a home 
like he has created a home for us. We love you, we care for you, and we're grateful for what you bring to our church and what you bring to our families. Let me pray for us. God, I love you. Thank you for the privilege it is to talk about you today. I thank you, God, for all of our mothers that are here today. I thank you for the gift they are to our church. I thank you for their love. I thank you for their care. I thank you for them watching over us. I thank you for the home that you've used them to create. I thank you for what a great discipler they are. I thank you for how you have instructed and created the family and how you have in your great sovereign plan, equipped, empowered mothers to love like you, disciple like you, to fiercely protect like you. And we're grateful for it. God, as we sing this song, may you be honored. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.